Three, two. What is up? Welcome to Football Life Presents the Audible. It is Tuesday, January 5th. I am your feeling under the weather host, Randy Hammond. Thanks for bearing with me today. I'm a little sick, and your screen does not deceive you. That is not Matt Bushnell. That is our friend, our Puerto Rican friend from the Bronx, Henry Maldonado Jr. For the first time, me and Henry rocking the show together. Henry, how's it going, my man? Welcome to Dong's. Nope, nope, nope. Wrong show, wrong show. That was yesterday. I was yesterday. Things, things are good, brothers. Show 42 for you, show 42 for us yesterday. Things are going well. No complaints. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, we've had you on the show before for a Super Bowl special and a season preview mm-hmm. for your Niners, so it's been a while, but this is the first time you and I have done this show, which is crazy, considering yeah, we've I been know. friends for years now. So, you know, it's it's we're a year into all of these. It's, a, it's just a pleasure to be a part of this with you guys, with you, and to do the show with you today. As much shit as we talk off off camera and uh, offline, it's definitely good. And I actually wore I, I wore this for both you and Bush now, since you guys like to shit on my gang, you know, my Niner gang, you know. Hey, Vince hates it just as much. You're your, your co-host. <laughs> yes, I had it queued up for you, baby. <laughs> That's amazing. Your, your co-host on Dog City, Vince Burke and Daddy, hates it just as much as I do. So you got to give him some, some I know. for the next show. <laughs> Look, Vince, Vince talking Giants is enough fucking mind-boggling bullshit for one day. Vince yeah, will argue but, uh, to the death that the Giants had a good season or they make the right draft picks. Vince is a good fan, except when it comes to the Giants. I love him to death, but uh, you know that's okay. He's passionate. I mean, you gotta love the passion, uh, and he's he's a smart guy at the end of the day. So, all right. Well, you're not talking baseball today. We're in the heart uh, of football season. You know, we're we're actually nearing nearing the end of the season. The season is over, but now the playoffs are starting. So it's an exciting time to be a football fan. Baseball still way 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 now, Henry. We got plenty yeah. of good football to talk mm-hmm. about instead. And why don't we talk about the regular season as a whole, starting with the coaches that are no longer with us and the teams that have coaching vacancies. Uh, we're going to get to the playoffs and the playoffs matchups in a little while. Don't you guys worry about that because we're going to have a lot to say about that as well. But why don't we start with uh, coaching vacancies? Because we obviously with the playoffs, there's a lot of good, but there was a lot of bad throughout the regular season. So we have teams. We have six teams looking for coaches. The Jets, Jags, Chargers, Falcons, Texans, and Lions. Henry, uh, my question is for you is if you're a coach, which job are you trying to grab here? If, if, if I'm a coach trying to grab one of these jobs, I think L.A. is the spot. Mm-hmm. LA is where I want to go. LA is they have some cap space. They have a good GM. They have a lot of things going on. They have a franchise quarterback who looks like he's about to be everything expected and more. So sign me up for the Los Angeles Chargers job. I think if I were to rank them in order, Chargers are coming at one because of Justin Herbert. Um I mean, he showed quarterback. He threw over 30 touchdown passes. He ran for, I think, six more. He Looked the the entire part of being a franchise quarterback, Justin Herbert looked that part. But also, they have a talented yeah. roster outside of him. Keenan Allen is a legitimate number one wide receiver. Defensively, Joey Bosa might not be as good as your guy, Nick Bosa. Still pretty damn good on He's the outside. Good. Melvin Ingram is damn good. good on the other side as well. Um, you have good corners. You have good safeties. I mean, the d- defensive roster is pretty good as well. So, Chargers probably come at the top strictly uh, Justin Herbert and talent alone. And the beautiful stadium, too. Living in California can't be that bad, right? I mean, you see SoFi. It's state-of-the-art. That is one place. Usually you go to a stadium because it either has, like, some type of allure, you know, like Green Bay is historic, you know, those kind of mm-hmm. places or your own home team. SoFi is a place I want to go just to just to check it out. That place looks fucking amazing. 
yeah, uh, I, I'm definitely trying to check it out. I'm sure that place is going to host many WrestleManias and all these events in the future. Oh, yeah. Uh, Super Bowls. I wouldn't be surprised if they just make that the permanent spot of Super Bowls eventually. Uh, all right. Yeah, for coming in at number two for me, and I don't know if you agree, but well, I would say the on. team with wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. Before, before we continue, because there's only two coaches that I'm pretty sure where they're going to land. Yeah. And I think I think Rob Salah leaves Nick Bosa and Jones Joey Bosa, and I think that's where Rob okay. Salah ends up. Okay. And I, I know uh, it's I know the smart money is on an offensive guy going there, but they yeah. have a lot of offensive pieces and the defense does need some help. I think Rob Salah ends up in LA. His family doesn't have to move off the West Coast. I yeah. think that's the destination for him. That's interesting because I think Salah is one of two guys uh, this offseason that's going to get the choice of where he goes. And I think it's him and Eric Bieniemy. And if Bieniemy, I think Bieniemy would be a great fit, obviously, to help develop Herbert and make sure that offense is legit because I think the defense would be good enough. But Salah, man, that defense could be mm-hmm. top three with him. I mean, Salah's going to get the opportunity to choose wherever he wants to go. And I think the Chargers would be a great spot for him. Uh, Nick is in California, too, and Coach Bosa. Uh, right. It's going to hurt to lose him. <laughs> well, he's gone. I mean, I don't want to bring, yeah. be better bad yeah. news, but he's probably gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, coming in at number two for me, and I don't know if you agree, but I would pick the team with the number one overall draft pick in the Jacksonville Jags, uh, strictly because of the Trevor Lawrence prospect. And you're going to get the guy who is considered to be the second coming of Andrew Luck. Uh, you have uh, all, all this cap space. You play in a division that's not crazy strong. I mean, it's got a couple good teams at the top, but like this division could be yours in a, a couple of years if you play your, played your cards right here. So I'm going to go Jags at number two. What do you make of the Jags situation? I, I'm, I'm going with you. They have a ton, and I mean a ton of cap space available. They have, what, three first-round picks? Um, I know they have the one. I don't know about the other two at the top of my head. Yeah, but I, I they think have they have three, either three first-round picks or two firsts and two twos, but they, they have a lot of picks. Yeah. They have a ton of cap space, and that's the other coaching uh, destination. <laughs> I'm Urban Meyer's going there. It's That's the worst-kept secret in the league. <laughs> the Rooney Rule is not going to take place. Don't just play. Just just sign the man. Call it a day. Don't play the game. And the Urban Meyer is going there, but I'm not so sure that they're taking Lawrence. A lot okay. of people are high on Fields. A lot of people, and it reminds me of 2018 when you know not, Baker Mayfield wasn't the consensus number one, I and mean, it was no. people were kind of shocked when he was taken number one. And he might be the court, quarterback of that draft class. Him and Allen, maybe, but you know, who knows, man. Field had a better college season this year, so you you never it doesn't that won't surprise me if he goes one. Yeah, I guess in that draft, uh, Darnold was the guy that everyone thought was going to be the best one, mm-hmm. and but I don't know if it was as unanimous as Lawrence. Like I think Lawrence is a guy that is probably more polarizing than talent wise. Um, for me, I think that'd be a mistake, regardless if it's Urban Meyer or not. And I want to talk about Urban Meyer for a second because he hasn't coached in a couple of years. He obviously mm-hmm. was has been established in the college ranks. He, he had a great program in Florida, obviously ended poorly. Had a great program at Ohio State, obviously ended poorly. Um, he doesn't have anything to prove at the college level, so it wouldn't surprise me if he takes it to the pros. But are we sure he's even going to be a good co- uh, professional coach? No. I, I don't know. These guys never always – those guys don't always We've pan out this. to me. We've seen this too many times. Yeah. You know, Nick, Nick Saban comes to mind twice. Um, I just – it's not a guaranteed, but you read the tea leaves and everything lining up. It's it's Urban Meyer's job if he wants it. 
Yeah, and the Jags also have a general manager vacancy. So if you're a general yeah. manager, you want to be signing up for those picks and all that cap space. They interviewed Jerry Reese. Uh, they interviewed a bunch of other guys. Um, you know, whoever the, <laughs> look, I, I give a lot of shit to Jerry Reese, but honestly, they had higher standards with Jerry Reese as the GM of the Giants than they do for the current G- GM. Uh, yeah. And he won a Super Bowl, and it, he won one Super Bowl with his players. So I'll give him credit for that at the end of the day. Uh, and I, if I'm a GM, I'm, I'm sprinting for that job because you have a chance at Trevor Lawrence and all these other yeah. picks and all this other cap space, and I would love that that, that position. So, yeah, Urban Meyer, probably going to get a lot of money to go there. We'll see what he does. But um, And I'll, I'll say the shout-out to Doug Marone because they were consistently competitive uh, against teams that they, they might not have been competitive against in the normal year, but they were 1-15, and I never felt like they were actively tanking until yeah. the very end, until they knew they had the one pick. Until um, the Jets fucked it up. Right. So, like, they were consistently, like, out there competing and, like, they almost beat the Packers and, like, they were out there trying hard. So, Doug Marone's going to get a job somewhere. I don't know what for a coordinator position or whatever, but that guy deserves another shot. In the no, I agree. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, we're going to move on now. And I'm going to, I don't know where, like, this is where it kind of falls off, but I guess if you're just going to go based on quarterback, um, the Texans are interesting, but they have no first round picks. And Bill O'Brien really did a number on them. Uh, I like, the the lions but i guess if you're trying to move on from matt stafford i don't know where to go from there <laughs> so yeah. for me for me uh i i kind of feel like and this is maybe i'm reaching but the jets have a lot of cap space they have the second overall pick and if you're a guy who thinks sam darnold can turn it around maybe you want to come in and try to fix him so i'm kind of leaning towards the jets being number three here i don't know maybe you were looking at my computer screen here because i have the jets <laughs> at three as well I, I don't think the situation is as dire as everyone thinks they got a ton of cap space as well. Um, Joe Douglas, is he staying? Yep. It's his job. It's his turn to, to, to try to right the ship here. They have to pick someone, and they're going to get one of the best acquisitions that no one is talking about, and that's Woody Johnson. Woody okay. Johnson, come <laughs> back. he's coming back to run this team. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you I know, mean, people, he's coming back from the UK. You know, he's, People he's hated Woody Johnson, and then his brother ran this shit into the ground even more. And so I think they welcome Woody Johnson back. He's going to spend some money. They got some draft picks there. I, I think the Jets job comes into number three for me. Right. And the, the, there's a good and bad being a situation like the Jets. You are terrible. You don't have a ton of talent, but also like, like our friend Jacob Anthony Moses in the comment section says, you have 19 first round picks in the next two years. Not, te- not 19 first round picks. What? 19, you have 19 picks. I apologize. Not <laughs> first rounders. I apologize. Yes. Yeah, that would be, crazy. That, that would be, that would be number one. That would be number one. That would be number one. Right away, you have 19 first round picks, man. That would be the number one job by far if that was the case. 19 picks in the next two years. You have either a quarterback to try to fix yourself or a guy you're going to draft this year or next. Uh, and so you basically your program at that point. There's nothing there already established. You come in, you make it what it is, and it's yours. So I, I'm, I, still, I'm still high on Darnold. I think Darnold is salvageable for sure. Um, I think yeah. given the right situation and the right offense, Darnold still has those tools that you can't teach. So I'm still high on Darnold. This is how you can help Darnold is by hiring the right guy. I don't I don't know if Eric Bieniemy is the, like Eric Bieniemy would probably be the ideal choice for the Jets. Uh, you need an offensive guy with with great pedigree from the Chiefs offense. Maybe uh, I love Brian Dable what he did with Josh Allen in Buffalo. Yep. Um, I think he would be a great choice for a head coach he's, for the Jets. You need an offensive guy. Yeah. He's getting a ton of playing. He knows the division well, so that one makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah, I don't think you need to go with a uh, defensive coach. You know, Adam Gase really was a bad offensive guy that you hired, but, you know, his reputation was strictly based on his season with Peyton Manning. But uh, I think you need a guy who's a little bit more established, a guy who can lead men and inspire men to play well. So I think those are the two names I would, I would look out for for the Jets. Uh, you want to have, have some fun with the Jets? You know what you do? You hire you hire a dude from Buffalo, run the, you know, he's he's mm-hmm. your head coach, and then you go get Rex Ryan and you bring him back to be the defensive coordinator. That would be interesting. Rex Ryan puts a- ass in the seats, man. I'm shocked he hasn't gotten another job. Hey. I think you know he's he's liking that little ESPN gig he's got there. Yeah. <laughs> you give him a chance to come back to New York as a defensive coordinator, he'll jump at that. How quickly is he gonna predict a Jets Super Bowl if that's the case? Uh I don't know. It depends on how many toes his wife has left, you know. Uh... <laughs> Hey, the Patriots are not good anymore. Maybe he has a chance. The Patriots own that guy. The Patriots are going to get good fast. Yeah, you're probably right. All right, moving on. I think uh, the next best coaching position, I, I'm, I know the Texans don't have any picks, but Deshaun Watson, man, is just so freaking good. Uh, yeah. Sign me up to coach that guy every day of the week and twice on Sundays. He makes your job worth it. I think just him alone could help you win eight games, and if you can get whatever you can get out of that defense, uh, it's worth it. So I, I, I could tell – like this, this is a job that if you're a head coach, you're like, Deshaun Watson, that's all I need. Here's the problem, though. How soon before that contract becomes a, you know, a hindrance? So they they paid him. They yeah. they have they have negative sixteen million dollar in cap space. They do. So they have to find cap space in order to do things they need to do. They only have eight picks thanks to Bill O'Brien. Yep. They have no general manager. I I don't know, man. That job I, I have it at four as well, but that there's a lot a lot of question marks there, man. Yeah, no, it's not it's not a perfect situation by any means. Uh, I think you know you're saying goodbye to probably the best player in your franchise's history, JJ Watt. I think he's probably gone. You're getting rid of a lot of, uh, you know, there's some talent on the defense, but stuff you can get get rid of ultimately. And I think whatever coach you do hire, you have to be patient with because this first year is probably going to be rough, and maybe year two will be rough. But if you can start drafting your own players and putting together a program. You know, not too long from now, you know, you can be running this division with Deshaun Watson. So uh, the Deshaun Watson prospect of this is what makes this interesting and really nothing else. That negative 16 million scares the hell out of me. Yeah. Uh, and if I had to choose, you know, this is where it gets interesting because if I'm the enemy, yeah, the Jets job, okay, cool. And even like the, the Charger job, I'd probably choose. But, um, hey, I, I could coach Deshaun Watson and uh, make that offense pretty damn good regardless of how bad my defense is. So if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'm looking at that job like, all right, yeah, that could be something I'm interested in. Uh, if they go defensive coach, uh, Todd Bowles is a name that's getting a lot of love. Uh, I could see that. Uh, I think he will get a job. I just don't know where. I worry about hiring defensive coaches in an offensive world, but if you hire the right offensive coordinator, guy who can call your place for you, then you're fine. So uh, Todd Bowles is probably going to get another opportunity. I don't love what he did with the Jets, but ultimately it was a lot better than what Adam Gase did with the Jets. And if you hire a right offensive coordinator, then you'll be okay. Well, yeah, this, is why this is why head <laughs> yeah. coaches shouldn't call their own plays. Because then you end up with the Kevin Stefanski issue. We'll talk about that later, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who do you see landing in, in Houston? Any, any coaching names? Um, I, I don't have a particular name lined up there. I think that job is scary. Okay. Uh, also a name to watch is Joe Brady, the uh, offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, could be interesting as well. All right, Henry, we're moving on now. Can you still hear me? I can hear you. Okay. I thought I lost you for a second. All right. And then coming in next, I'm going to go. 
<laughs> I thought I got rid of me on accident. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put it the Lions in here now, um, just because if you're coming in, you want hopefully you can keep Stafford. You desperately want Mafford on your 49ers, but the Lions, uh, um, they have a lot of offensive talent. I think it's with Stafford, our, our friend Hopkins likes to say with Kenny Galladay, I think that's a little bit of a read. The defense is completely uh, needs a little bit of a, a revamp here, and you know, decent cap situation, I guess. Uh, pick situation, you got to make better draft picks. Jeff Okuda at three probably wasn't the best choice last year, so the Lions got some work to do. That's why they come in at number five for me. Yeah, I'm convinced I left my camera on and you were looking at my sheet because we literally were six for six with the same exact spot. <laughs> It was a toss-up between Detroit and Atlanta for me. Um, okay. The cap space is what really did it, honestly. Yep. You know, the, the cap space and, and what they got to pay in the quarterbacks. But they have 10 picks, negative $24 million in cap space. Negative $24 million yep. in cap space. And Matt Ryan, I wanted Matt Ryan on the Niners or Stafford because I think those are the kind of guys that fit our window. But you look at the amount of money that they owe Matt Ryan and that dead cap space, <laughs> he's going nowhere. He's going nowhere. No, nowhere. So, yeah, that, that means Falcons coming in dead last for us. Uh, Raheem yeah. Morris did okay at the end, but ultimately uh, the Falcons still finished 4-12. So uh, the future is pretty in the air for the Falcons. Are they going to keep Matt Ryan? They're going to stick with him. Like you said, the cap hell. Uh, if, I'm a, if I'm a coach, I don't know if the Falcons are the ideal situation because a lot of their – even their key players, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, uh, Todd Gurley, they're all older guys. You know, They're all guys that are on the wrong side of 30 and have been injured and have not played as if they're still in their primes. So the Falcons feel like, to me, they just need to tear everything down and start this rebuild. So if you're a coach, it's not the place I'd want to end up. Ever since losing the Super Bowl, there's just been a stench on that team, man. It's been brutal. Yep. yep. And you got teams, you know, the Bucks, uh, they're in a window right now with Brady. He's not going to last forever, obviously. The Saints, no. um, they're one of the better run organizations in the NFL. They're going to lose Breeze, but they'll probably turn it around quickly, and the Panthers are building something as well. So the Falcons are already in a hole compared to the other teams in their division. So I agree. All right. Um you know, I don't know how these coaching situations are going to shape shake out, but uh, you know, you got plenty of names: Robert Sala, Eric Bieniemy, Marvin Lewis, Joe Brady, uh, Matt Eberflus is a fun name just to say out loud. But um, I was going to say, I like the way I'm looking at you enunciate that. Say that again. Yeah, Matt Eberflus. Ooh, <laughs> it gives me yeah. a tingle. <laughs> uh, Arthur Smith, <laughs> offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans, done a nice job, uh, and. I, I, I like Brian Dable probably the most because of my to how Josh Allen played this year. I think Brian Dable will be the guy who whoever Ooh. hires him will be the hap- happiest. Brian Dable, offensive coordinator. No, no, no. You like to who played? He, he made Josh Allen look like an NFL quarterback, turned him into an oh. MVP candidate. So that, that, uh, that's all I need. That, hey, you can make Josh Allen, who is one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen, this good, then you deserve a head coach spot as far as I'm concerned. Uh, that, that dude, put some respect on that man's name. I've been talking a lot <laughs> behind the scenes about him. So. Yeah, you it's your guy, and we'll talk about him in the, the playoff previews and, and probably this award segment that we have coming up here, and that is what we call a transition because uh, now we are moving on to the regular season awards. Henry, we're going to start off with Offensive Rookie of the Year. Who do you got? You know, this. this I know you can't have a tie, but I have it as a tie, man. Mm-hmm. It's I, have it as a, I, I have Justin Herbert, and, and I have Justin Jefferson, man. That's a cop-out. <laughs> 
<laughs> I understand Justin Jefferson had a great season and everything, but Justin Herbert set record, like rookie quarterback records. Man. Justin Jefferson has the most receptions and yards for a wide receiver in his first season ever. I know. I know. And Come he did on. it with Kirk Cousins. And he did it with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. How you you know you like that? Come on. <laughs> I, 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 unfortunately, I, I'm biased towards quarterbacks, so I'm going to go Justin Herbert. He just Herbert, checked every Herbert box agree. to me. Yeah, totally agree, man. But Jefferson, come on, like you said, Jefferson he did it deserves loves. Yeah, Jefferson not, deserves a ton of love, and he's going to be really good for a long time. But by, by the Herbert. way, not not Kirk Cousins, as someone that we know used to call. Him. <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke. I'm not going to about. I'm not going to get into that a little anymore. But uh, look, if Herbert maybe just was short of 30 touchdowns or didn't set the yeah. uh, touchdown passing record for a rookie, I would probably go Jefferson. And I don't care who really wins the war personally. I think both are deserving. But you know how much the NFL values quarterbacks and how really no one expected Herbert to be this good. Uh, I think is something to, it, to say about that. I, I do. I will say it was just it was Joe Burrow's to lose before the injury. Yeah, because yeah, Joe Burrow. He yep. was he was doing it all, man. He looked like it. Yeah, and he made made people actually like kind of fear playing the Bengals. So yeah. that's enough for me to give you any award there. Uh, all right, the defensive player of the year award again. Yeah, the defensive player of the year award I think is even more of a lock than the offensive player of the year award. But uh, number two overall pick, Chase Young, uh, best defensive rookie that I've seen in a long time. The guy is terrifying. Um, yeah. He's massive. He's the freakish athlete, and he—I'm sorry, but he's better than your boy Nick Bosa that you love so much. But I'm not a knock on Bosa, but just Chase Young is literally just a, a freak. It reminds me of, like the second coming of, of Michael Strahan, but faster. Uh, the guy is such a beast, and I don't think it's the award. It's oh, going to go to anyone else. No, I love Chase Young. I think he's going to get it unanimously. I saw yeah. him a lot this year, but when when he played the Niners, man, he's so fast. Now yeah. I'll give you, I think he's a little better than Bosa, but I I think Bosa's faster. I think Chase yeah. Young is stronger than Bosa. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But this guy, man, uh, he, different builds. I think I think yeah. Nick is more of a speed rusher, um, yeah. and I think he might have better moves to the to the quarterback yeah. in general. But Bosa's but faster, but guy. Chase Young yeah. is definitely stronger and. Watching him play us, man. Even <laughs> it, whether it was you know a, a tackle or pushing another player into this guy was everywhere. Anyway, you saw the quarterback. This guy was around him, and he's just so fast and so strong. He's going to win it unanimously. Yeah, hey, I don't even know if there's another name to put out there. I, I don't. I think. I think it's his for sure, and no one's yeah. even going to think about anyone else. All right, coach of the year, and I think there's a couple candidates, but for me, I go back to the Browns are a playoff team. The Browns are eleven and five. Uh, they were the playoff team for the first time in 19 years, I think it was. Uh, Kevin Stefanski came in and cleaned up the mess that was known as Freddie Kitchens, cleaned up Baker Mayfield, uh, established something that looks like it's sustainable in Cleveland, which no one has done since Bill Belichick in the early 90s. To me, it's Kevin Stefanski for all the reasons I just laid out. Uh, Henry, who do you got? Oh, my God. So – now, my guy, I love my guy, and I'm going to say watching him this season with those injuries was amazing, but he can't be the coach of the year. Um, I'm with you. It's COVID Stefanski. You know, he, he came in, and <laughs> he did one hell of a job at the Browns. He dealt with Odell. He dealt with losing Odell. You know, he, he dealt with Baker Mayfield. He dealt with the stench that comes with that franchise and all the shitty history that it has and all the choke artist jobs that they've done. He's done a hell of a job. Um, one thing he did that I did not like, and it might bite him in the ass, is he calls all the offensive plays. 
I never like when a head coach calls offensive plays. And my guy does it, but I don't. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, so I guess we'll break that news now. Uh, Kevin Stefanski has tested positive for COVID-19 just five days before their playoff matchup with the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night. So it was too smooth for me not to say COVID Stefanski. Come on, man. That's just yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Henry subtly breaking the news to all of you if you did not know. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to talk about that matchup later on, but Kevin Stefanski unfortunately tested positive for (coughs) COVID-19. Excuse me. Other candidates, you know, I like Mark Reich quite a bit. the Colts in one eleven and five, they had a really consistent, really nice year. Um, I, I would have said Tomlin if they didn't end so poorly. Uh, you know, they started eleven and zero with Ben, and then they fell off the map. But uh, Sean McDermott for Buffalo also should get some recognition here. Thirteen and three, number two seed in the AFC. Uh, I mean, the Bills are the hottest team coming into the playoffs right now, Absolutely. no doubt about it. And he's done an incredible job. Him and Brandon Bean for Buffalo since 2017 have been a very, very well-run franchise and been consistently a team that we see in the postseason. So I think Sean McDermott deserves some love as well. It's funny you mentioned Omar Epps. I think I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if he acts if he gets fired because of the way that they finish, bro. If I think if they get bounced in this first round. I could see a situation where he gets fired. It might be time for a change. What is over a decade? It's about a decade now. Yeah, it's been a long. It's 2007, I think, since for Tomlin. It, yeah, I mean, it, it might. It just might be time. Not that he's a bad coach, because he's not. He'll have the pick of whatever job he wants. Yeah. But it might. It just might be time. And the way this team finished the season, and I don't think they're going to get past them in the first round. I think this is it for him. I think a lot of these teams are going to use COVID as an excuse. <laughs> I think that they really did get screwed on the schedule for more than uh, quite a bit, actually. Like they, their, their bye was originally week eight. It got pushed to week four. They played 13 consecutive games after that. They had a game scheduled on Thanksgiving that they didn't play until six days later. I think they're going to use that as a lot of the reason for maybe falling off at the end. Ben is 38 years old. I think a lot of those things can just be used as reasons to hang out Tomlin. I mean, you start 11 and 0, it's pretty damn good regardless. I don't think that's. What I, I get it, but but even at 11 and 0, a lot of us were like, "Hey, they didn't play anyone. They played like shit. They should have lost half those games." Yeah. You, know. you, you you play you play the teams on your schedule, and they won 11. I, so. Look, I get it, I get it, but they weren't an 11 and 0 team that looked like an 11 and 0 team. They didn't look like any of the 11-0 Patriot or Colts teams. They weren't dominant, you know? Uh, well, if they fire Mike Tomlin, you'll see how fast teams are lining up to, to grab him because uh, he's, very, he's a very good, very good coach. Uh, that would surprise me quite a bit. He's a good actor, All right. too. <laughs> All right. Now, moving on to Defensive Player of the Year, and I'll start off with the, those same Pittsburgh Steelers, TJ Watt led the league in sacks. Uh, one of the better defensive units in the NFL. So I'm going to stay, I'm going to go TJ Watt, brother of the guy who won three defense player of the years in Houston. TJ Watt is a good choice. Um, I did not select him. I selected that man that I see in my dreams every <laughs> day. Number 99, Aaron Donald. This yep. man, he's like Mike Trout. Like he should win the award every year. Yeah. This guy is dominating like no player dominates his position. Not even Pat Mahomes. Aaron Donald dominates his position more than anyone else in the league. And that man, I see him twice a year. I hate him. I hate his guts. But you got to respect the hell out of him. And he's just so overpowering. It's his award to me. 
Yeah, uh, no argument for me there. Aaron Donald, like you said, with the Mike Trout situation, the LeBron situation, they could just win that award every single year. But uh, I'm going to make it interesting and go uh, T.J. Watt. You know, he leaves the league in sacks. He didn't play the last week of the season. You know, I'll give you credit for that and was the anchor of that Steelers unit. <coughs> Excuse me. And, no, I, I do not have COVID. I don't need to mask. Yeah, I, don't, I noticed in the, in the comment section people are saying I need to mask up, but it's a cold. We're good. No worries. I'm fine. Uh, fighting through it. This is my flu game. Matt, Matt Bushnell said yeah. yesterday, this is my flu game. I'm going to put on a show for you guys. Uh, Matt, Matt does a good but, job at, at bullshitting you. <laughs> that he does. You're right. Uh, everyone likes to blow smoke up my ass. It's fine. Uh, all right. Offensive player of the year, and I think we're going to disagree, but I'm going to go lean quarterbacks in this situation uh, because I don't think he's going to win MVP, but I'll give some love to your guy. I think Josh Allen's going to win offensive player of the year. Unbelievable year from him. And, you know, I've been down on him. He had a few duds, but overall, I mean, he put the, the Bills lead the NFL in scoring, and he's a, the main reason why. Uh, I know the turnovers and everything are still a big problem, but nonetheless, Josh Allen had an incredible year. Uh, might win the most improved player as well, but I'm going to go Josh Allen, offensive player of the year. There's a few places you can go here. You can go Pat Mahomes, honestly. You can go Josh Allen. You can go Stephon Diggs. But I'm going to go with the man with the baddest name in the league, Henry. <laughs> Eric Henry. 2,000 yards in this version of the NFL is amazing. You watch him, he just he's a video game character. The way he bowls everyone. The way he runs the ball is the way you run the ball in football in a video game. Like You just want to knock everyone over. You know, in Madden, when everyone's tackling you and they fall off, you're like, this is bullshit. This ain't real life. No, Derrick Henry is that in real life. That's what he is. So I, I'm giving this award to Derrick Henry. Tractor Cedo season is in full effect. Uh, and something about the winter months, Derrick Henry just turns it on, man. It's one of the last, weirder phenomenons. I, I love watching it. Last year playoff, man, that run. Yeah. And for some reason, it's like 200 yards a game. No one can tackle him. It's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. He's, he's like a baby-faced assassin. So Going, going uh, back to the other award, I will say Aaron Donald's holding it for Nick Bosa next year, but that's, you know, we can move on. <laughs> Uh, and Ricky Velasquez mentioned Stephon Diggs. You're right. Stephon Diggs, it could be a co-award with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen because Stephon Diggs led the NFL in receiving any yards. So meant a lot to that Bills team as well. Uh, 2,000 yards, bro. Yeah. You know, he's uh, playing a position uh, that I don't think is all that valuable, and yet he remains extremely valuable. Uh, okay. Moving on. Coach uh, – not coach. Comeback player of the year, and I think this one is the most unanimous award for any player of any year ever. Um, but you have a different answer other than Alex Smith, who I just think they should rename the award after. But you have a different answer. Yeah, I, I agree with you that they should name the award after him. In fact, yesterday ESPN ran a special on him. Um, anyone who didn't see it, I suggest you watch it. It was amazing. It gave extremely detailed, you know, events. They showed some photos we've never seen before. It was crazy. Amazing. I hated him for seven years. I cannot hate him after watching him do what he did. He had no reason to come back to football, and yet he did. Um, hats off to him. With that said, the award and the spirit of the award is for the player who is most improved. And for me, that's Trent Williams with the 49ers. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Did, I mean, I'm not, I didn't get to watch a ton of 49ers or watch him specifically. Like, did he play every game? Did he, we, I mean, what was the impact of on the Niners? Look, it was that thing where when we when we traded for him, it's like, okay, they're going to trade for him for the one year and then they'll get rid of him. Now I think you have to find a way to resign him. Okay. 
I, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily just most improved. I do think a lot of times they give it to guys who were injured and come back, came back and made an yeah. impact. So, um, look, I mean, Alex Smith was on the – they said he could die, you know. And then on top of that, you know, being moments away from your, your life being taken from you, they also said, well, if you don't die, you might lose your leg. Uh, if you don't lose your like, – if you lose your leg, okay, you can live with a, one leg. You can live with a prosthetic leg. This guy still has his legs, came out there. And I said it before the season, if he even took one snap, I'm giving him the award. I don't care. No, of but the fact that he played games, he had a winning record as their starting quarterback. Obviously, missed games, still had issues, but they win the division. He's playing in a playoff game. I just name it the Alex Smith Award and move on because, I mean, this guy's story is the most inspiring thing this year. And uh, he deserves a, deserves a ton of credit for coming back. His family deserves a ton of credit for supporting him and living and dying on every snap every time he drops back. It's like, right. holy. Uh, he, he's but, definitely going to win it. There's no no doubt about it. You could yeah, you could make a case Josh Allen could win this award too. Well, yeah, uh, you yeah. could. If it's, no, if it's yeah, most approved. <laughs> there, there was a part in the documentary yesterday. I don't remember if it was the doctor or the therapist. And they were going over the options and they were talking to him and, you know, amputation was put on the table and they asked this woman, I don't remember if she was the doctor, it might've been the doctor therapist. And they asked her, what would you do if this was you? And she said, I would amputate. Yeah. And he still didn't do it. And he still fought through it. Amazing. That's amazing. Uh, truly inspired. If you, watch uh, if you didn't watch it, watch it. It's only an hour. Yeah, and if you didn't get to see the photos, his wife turned his giant stabilizing brace into uh, the shape of the Lombardi Trophy. So uh, they're not going to win the Super Bowl, breaking news. But it's a cool gesture, and it's nice that she did that. Uh, for One thing they had on film was um, he he kind of had his leg and and you know like the standing position, and he's on a knee and he touches a football, and that's the first time he touched a football since the accident. Yeah. And, the therapist was like, hey, is that the first time you touched the football? My man gave the exact date. He <laughs> said, the first time I touched the football since November, whatever the date was, I was like, holy shit. Like, he knows, you know, he, yeah. he, and then he talks about how lucky he is financially and with his family and how, yeah. you know, he has to push through it. It was just an amazing watch. Easy guy to root for. Uh, yeah. Easy guy. Yeah. To, uh, to be inspired by. So no doubt it's Alex Smith. Uh, all right. One final award. I think everyone wants us to talk about this. If you're any familiar with our group chats or anything, you're, you know, this is a topic of conversation. Uh, the most valuable player. And before the season, I predicted it'd be Russell Wilson. Before the season, Matt Bushnell predicted it was going to be Pat Mahomes. And it's probably going to be neither of those guys. So just to show how much we know about football um, for me, it's no doubt it's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they did not help him at all in the draft. They gave they drafted a backup quarterback and the first round pick. He has Devontae Adams, and then he just has a bunch of other things. A guy named Robert Tanyan catches double-digit touchdowns this year for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers had a down year last year, comes back and just says, hey, I'm still one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live. He's going to win his third MVP because this is the ultimate FU tour by Aaron Rodgers. Number one seed in the NFC, no doubt about it in my mind. It's a bad man, Aaron Rodgers, 2020 MVP. He also has Jones as a running back. Let's not say he doesn't have anything. but That's fine, yeah. Aaron, they have a decent running game. I think it's his MVP award. It's it's his. It's not Mahomes. It's not Josh Allen. I know you thought I was going to go I thought, there. But I thought you were going to say it. No, no. I, if, I'm being, if I'm being honest, what he did is it's amazing. I always call him overrated, and I will always say he's overrated in the sense of how he's ranked historically. That is where I say he's overrated. His talent, his his tool set is amazing. I think he has the best arm I've ever seen. He has the most accuracy I've ever seen. He's amazing. 
I just say he's overrated in where people put him historically. He just doesn't have those stats. But the he's man cursed. is mad. And, and his, not, and it, Chris not over yet. <laughs> so I'm saying. I mean, it may end up where it should have been. Who knows? But yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's his award. I think he's earned it. And, you know, he did a lot with a lot less. So. Look, I mean, he had 70% completion percentage, 4,300 passing yards, 48 touchdowns, five picks, 121 passer rating. That's unbelievable right there. And in his career, he's got over 50,000 passing yards and 412 touchdowns. I'm not sure what you want from him. I'm not saying he's the greatest, but he's top 10 so all my, time. My, sure. my problem is people say he's top three, he's top five, and I have okay. a problem with that. You know, I, I have a problem listing him that high, you know, historically, you know, for his okay. career. Amazing talent, amazing talent. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe I think it's top ten. I think had the Niners ma- had the Niners made the right choice, maybe his career is even better because he probably would have started sooner. Who knows? But yeah, I, mean, I don't maybe, know. If you, uh, have, you might look. I, you should have a show about that. I don't know that he's top ten either. I, I think he. I, I think he is. I mean, what if, what if the Packers go on to run this year and he wins his second Super Bowl? Is there any denying at that point he's a top ten quarterback? You know what it is. That's just it. Football. Football is the one sport that things get skewed based on trophies. If Jim Kelly has four more wins, how are we looking at him differently? Like, all of a sudden, he's top two, yeah. top three. Just with four well, more he, wins instead of four losses, you know? Yeah, I mean, Steve, I mean, Terry Bradshaw won four Super Bowls. No one considers him top ten all time. So I don't know if, if Jim Kelly would necessarily be a much different. People but. also think, you know, Joe Namath was a good quarterback. Well, those people probably, are wrong, but. He's probably a worst <laughs> Hall of Famer in the, you know, in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just – you look at you're gonna look at Aaron Rodgers' body of work, and he's gonna be top five in every statistical category. He's gonna have three at least three MVPs. He's gonna have maybe he's got one Super Bowl at least. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a pretty damn impressive resume. And I'm not saying he's better than any of the guys in the top five, but that list is subjective at the end of the day. And I just think he's gonna be top ten regardless. And he's I, a legend. I, 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 think, I, think, I think we I think should that. sit down behind the scenes. We should sit down and really put together a list of ten quarterbacks realistically. Okay, yeah. I mean, I think it's also generational and, like, what I've of seen, course. what you've no, seen. No, of course. And, like, uh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's, it goes to the same thing with, like, the MJ-LeBron debate. Like, people who grew up now. No, there's, like, there's, uh, no, there's no debate. There's no debate. It's LeBron. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, like, I've only grown up watching LeBron. I don't get to grow up watching MJ. So people who grew up watching MJ aren't ever going to get away from that. So it's a similar, similar type of thing. I don't know. I just like, – I'll think I'll say Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback ever because based on career and accomplishments and everything. But I never got to watch John Elway or – you know, Dan Marino. So I, I, I can't properly make that evaluation. No, I, I so. get it. Marino was special. Marino was special. Yeah, I can I can watch tape and I can go based on that, but it's, yeah. it's a big And, and yeah. Elway has a helicopter, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's that's MVP Aaron Rodgers, man. Uh, I, yeah, I know that agree, he's man. a little overrated, but he's, I mean, he's so fucking good. Uh, yes. All right. So that's the regular season awards. We had a, an interesting regular season. I'm going to give some credit to the NFL for playing all 256 games without a cancellation. I know they're slimy. I know that they lied a bunch. I know they don't give a shit about their players' health, but I definitely would not have believed you if you said they were going to play every game without one of them getting canceled. So every single game being played, last one being a little controversial, whatever. I don't care. Uh, ultimately, Washington football team makes playoffs. Giants don't. Whatever. We're going to move on with our lives there. Giants win more games. It's not an issue. They win one more game. Every Negro catches the ball in week eight. That's, That's it. not an issue. I mean, Look, whatever. It, it's like we said off before we came on. It it, it was the, the perfect storm. It was a national TV game, which I don't yeah. know why they keep putting the NFC on national games. It was the last game of the season. 
it was a game where people perceive something that you know happened against a big media market in New York. So you had the perfect storm of events, and and you know, yeah. Peterson is is feeling it. The game happens at four thirty. We don't even mention it. <laughs> That's Absolutely, how I feel. you're right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So now we have the playoffs to talk about. They are set, and the schedule is set for this weekend. I'm, and they're calling it the Super Wild Card Weekend. I don't know if you can add. I don't know if you can add two teams and just call it Super Wild Card Weekend. I'm excited to watch more football. Don't get me wrong, but you just add in two teams that normally would make the playoffs and put them in. So first game so up, it gets fun here because like you get exciting football on Saturday, and then you realize shit. That means I have less games on Sunday. It's it's kind of you know it's a love hate thing. Well, I mean, you get the same amount of games, you know, on each day, three and three. Um, we get lucky this week, mm-hmm. um, but. Normally, it's like you get the the Saturday is the four and the eight o'clock game, and then Sunday is yeah. the one and the four o'clock game, and that's usually how it would go. Uh, but this week, it's the same times for each of the three games on each of the uh, days. So starting us off, which is like the Shakey's game, the game no one ever really wants to watch, is the first game, and I actually am excited for this game. The seven Very. seed Indianapolis Colts uh, going to Buffalo and playing the two seed Bills, and our uh, fearless governor Andrew Cuomo is allowing seven thousand fans in the stands. Bills Mafia going to be representing. <laughs> what do you think of this matchup? Tables? How many tables are they breaking in the parking lot? Well, uh, one per person at least. Yeah. He's got, actually Cuomo's going to the game himself. He said, "Oh, they might put him through it. They're, they're yeah, going to uh, their inner Dudley." <laughs> it's it's in Buffalo, so maybe, man. I'm up, <laughs> New upstate New Yorkers are a whole different breed, man. That, like I say, you're like the Florida of New York. Just cut you a fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had the weather that Florida had, but uh, yeah. nonetheless. Nah, uh, I like the Colts' defense. Um, it's going to be a fun matchup, but I, I just think, like you said earlier, the Bills are the hottest thing in football right now. They don't have to miss a week. They don't have to wait around. They keep the momentum going. They're home. Everyone is loving them. Everyone's loving Josh Allen. I, I think, you know, what's the spread? Let me see. I had the spreads up. They uh, are six and a half. I think it was more than that. They were favored by seven right now. So okay. Yeah, I, I think they cover. I think uh, the Bills win this game and they cover. Okay. So you think – okay. So, I mean, I, I really like this matchup because the Colts are one of the more complete teams in the playoffs to me. I think they're sound on defense. They have a, a, a good offensive game plan. I think they have enough uh, in the air. I mean, Phil Rivers I don't love, but in general, uh, he's going to make a Hall of Fame probably. Uh, but they run the ball really well, and they are starting to run the ball even better with Jonathan Taylor uh, yeah. at the end of the season. So you know, amazing. I feel, like him a lot. Yeah, and and Frank Reich, um, Bills, uh, Bills beloved Bills backup quarterback from back in the day, coming back as the head coach of the Colts. I kind of like the Colts being frisky in this game. I don't think it's going to be quite the blowout that you expect. Again, my main question here, and I wrote in the rundown, is Josh Allen's zero two in playoff games and hasn't looked very good in either of them. So, I mean, you probably think he could, but I I feel like it's fair to question can Josh Allen win yeah. a playoff game? Yeah. As long as they're football, we're always going to question a, a player and what they can do in a bigger game. I think this version of Josh Allen is nothing like the other versions of Josh. This kid is playing like he knows he's the shit. He's playing out of his mind. He's using his weapons. He's running the ball left and right. This kid is amazing. Stephon Diggs bails him out when he makes those bad throws and those bad reads. I I like the Bills here. But to your credit, what you said about the Colts, the Colts is that team that they can lose this weekend, and they can probably make a run and go all the way to the Super Bowl. They really are a complete team, and I like them a lot. So, But I, I think the Bills are just too much for them and the way they're steamrolling. I think they, they're going to go ahead and win. 
I, I think there's something to be said about playing well going into the postseason, getting hot at the right time. Uh, I root for a team that, you know, played well at the end of a regular season and got hot in the playoffs and won two Super Bowls in my lifetime. And they were never considered to be the best team in the league. They never had the best quarterback. Um, and they never had the best the record. not your fucking fan base. <laughs> well, I, I still contend that Philly and Dallas is probably worse when they're good. But nonetheless, uh, they won those Super Bowls because they got hot and played well at the right yeah. time. <clears throat> the Bills are doing that. And I think there's something to be said about that so on paper i would have liked to say hey the colts i think are the team that i could pick winning an upset but just seeing how well the bills have played i think they are just going to be able to pull this one out but i don't if think I'm they're going to cover i don't think they're going to cover not, i think no you don't think so no, I, I think that this is going to be a really tight game it's going to be a great okay. first start of the weekend one score game uh i will say the bills are i think it's one kyler murray hail mary Pass away from being ten straight wins, or is it nine? Nine or ten straight wins. It, yeah, some, that right. team is rolling. It took a DeAndre Hopkins fucking LeBron s catch to you know. <laughs> to yeah. but yeah, I think it was. I think it's ten in a row they would have won had that play not happened. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go Buffalo thirty, uh, Indy twenty six. You got a score for mm-hmm. me? I'm gonna go. 32-17. Okay. Well, luckily for us, after that game is over with, we got more football, baby, because the 440 kickoff, uh, two teams in your division, you're very familiar with these two. We have the Rams traveling to play the Seahawks, number six versus number three. Uh, Henry, I mean, you watch these teams quite a bit in your division. What do you make of this matchup? Uh, we own the Rams. <laughs> we own the Rams. We should have beaten Seattle. Like I said, had the 49ers beaten Seattle, we would have been the only team in the division with a winning record. Go figure that one out. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm not betting against Russell Wilson in a game that he has to win. You know, I, I really like Russell Wilson. Th- this uh, this Rams team is limping in. We don't even know who's playing quarterback for them. Yeah, I think, I think they'll use Goff's thumb as a reason to bench him. He's just played like shit all season. And they owe that man a lot of money, so they're in a real bad spot with him. Um, ever since they lost the Super Bowl, he just hasn't been the same. I'm going to go with uh, – you got to go with Mr. Reliable and Russ here. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. And I'm gonna... You mean Mr. Unlimited? Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> the Seahawks are favored by four and a half here, and, and I think they cover that rather easily. Okay, well, as of an hour ago, McVay was asked who was starting, and he would not reveal who he was starting. So that means – That tells uh, you everything you need to know. Right. So that tells me that Goff probably still is recovering from surgery on his thumb for sure. And, you know, he probably wants to see if he can practice, which I, he has not practiced. So, hey, look, if I'm the Rams, I especially McVay knows Jared Goff better than anyone. Like, wasn't that great with his thumb? Why are you going to put him out there with the bum thumb? Uh, and Walford, okay, it was actually solid. He could move a little bit. He had a decent arm. Like, I would throw him out there. I mean, the Seahawks defense isn't scaring anybody. So, I mean, why yeah, not give him a shot? Trash. Yeah. But I, I, it's still Walford. It's a playoff game. The guy never played a game before last week. Never took a yeah. snap. I mean, yeah, it, they're in a real bad spot. I don't see a, a situation where they can win this game. I'm sorry. Unless Aaron Donald literally like murders Russell Wilson on the field, which I can never really fully rule out. <laughs> it's yeah. so impossible. <laughs> I, I love but, Aaron uh, Donald playing offense too, and he's running the ball like Derrick Henry. I just don't see it happening. 
and just turn him into the water boy. Uh, <laughs> just make him an all-purpose player. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Russell Wilson in this spot. Uh, I don't love the Seahawks in the playoffs in general. I don't love how they play down the stretch, but I do think they're better than the Rams. I do think they win this game. And they, they just played uh, recently, and Seahawks won 20-9 in the game that Jared Goff got hurt. So I'm going to say probably something around there. Uh, uh, let me just – let me just. Uh, they split the season series – Typically, the Rams do play pretty well against them, but without Jared Goff, uh, I don't really know what to make of the Rams as of now. Uh, I'll say Seattle 21, Rams 16. Rams don't score a touchdown in this game is my prediction. Okay. Okay. So you have a score for me or what? It's a field goal game for them. Uh, 23-12. 23-12, okay. Four, four, uh, four field goals, I can see that. Uh, this is probably the game I'm least looking forward to on Saturday. Like, if I have yeah, something to do, I agree. you know, I'm just not that interested in this uh, this game, per se. Uh, I don't know why. Like, I love Russell Wilson, but the Seahawks just have not been playing very good football as of late. Uh, You're not but- the only one. I saw someone, Joey said, my quarterback. <laughs> He's adopting football. <laughs> hey, He's adopting I think the Giants fans, maybe it's all New Jersey, New York fans, uh, have adopted Russell Wilson as the guy we're rooting for. He's just such a nice guy, a likable guy. I don't know. I don't know. He's very likable. Uh, I get it. But. Yeah. I love me some Russell Wilson, but uh, I think, think they win this game and move on. But then yeah. we have the primetime Saturday night game, and it is the GOAT. No, I'm kidding. Uh, maybe the GOAT. Tom Brady uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hey, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, making his first playoff start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Landover, Maryland, playing the Washington football team, make it make sense, Henry. Uh, number five seed playing the number four seed. Uh, look, I'm just excited to watch Tom Brady play a football game. And this, the, the Bucks seem to put it together a little bit in the last few weeks. There's something about Washington's defense that I really, really, really like. And I think if we were going to get an upset this weekend, this might be it. Wow. I know, I know, and, and I don't the, know. Odds, I don't the know. odds are not in that favor. The Tampa Bay is favored by nine points. I just think if there was a game where we're going to see an upset, that defense, this would be the spot. With that said, I do think Tampa Bay pulls it out. I do not think that they cover the nine. I actually think, and the, to be honest with you, that Tampa was rooting for Washington to make the playoffs because Alex Smith – and I know he's going to win the Player of the Year award. Looked really bad in that game last week, and it looked mm-hmm. like every snap he took, he was getting progressively injured. Uh, it felt like he was getting more and more banged up as the game went on. And look, Philly was openly tanking that game, and they won by six. Allegedly. Uh, yeah. Okay. When they barely beat the Philly team, that was actively trying to lose, as far as I'm concerned. So to me, if I'm Tampa, I'm like, great. I mean, Washington can't really score that well. Alex Smith can't move. Uh, they. T- Tampa's front four is pretty good. JPP's up there. Uh, Shaquille, uh, I think it's no, not Shaq Griffin, but Shaq Barrett's up there rushing the passer. And uh, Adamic and Sue might kill Alex Smith in this game. Uh, I hope Alex not. Smith, yeah, I mean, Alex Smith can't move. So to me, the Bucks defense is the one that might be licking their chops in this spot. And I think they wanted Washington to win because I, I it's not that the Washington defense isn't good. I just think the Giants might have put up a little better, bigger of a fight in that game in MetLife. And I just think Tampa's happy with the matchup that they got here. Yeah, I think, I think they win the, and cover. The Giants' offense is better than Washington's offense, especially with Alex Smith behind the center. But that defense, yeah, that, that defense is really, really, really yeah. good. Um, Tampa Bay wins. I don't think it's the laugh or, or the blowout that people think. I think it's 24-17. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, Mike Evans left that game last week, uh, hyperextended his ankle or knee, but they said it wasn't that serious. But even if he doesn't play, Antonio Brown's coming into his own. That's kind of scary. Chris Godwin is still pretty damn good. Ronald Jones running the ball pretty well. The Bucks really, I think, tried to make themselves click at the end of the season, and I think they did. Uh, and I think they, they take care of business and win this game. I'm going to say 31-17, to 17, and I think they definitely cover and win big. Yeah. I don't think they'll cover. I think that this is the game to put some money on that they won't cover. Okay, and I don't even think it's necessarily on the Washington defense's fault. I just think the Bucks defense is going to have a field day with Washington's offense. So uh, that's part of the reason why I think it's going to be a blowout. All right, we're going to move on to Sunday games now, Hank. And I mean, look, it's the same slots as 1, 440, and 8 o'clock. Uh, and the first game here is a rematch from earlier this year and a rematch from the playoff game last year where the Titans beat the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, 0-2 in the playoffs in his career. Number five, Baltimore going to Tennessee to play the AFC South champion Titans. And it just comes off to me. And I mean, Lamar's only been in the league for a couple of years, but the Titans kind of own Lamar Jackson. Yeah, they do. They do a really good job of containing him. I think this might be the matchup of the weekend. You know, it has the potential to be the matchup of the weekend. I, I think Derrick Henry's just just too much. And say what you want, man. Ryan Tannehill has just resurrected his career, and he looks like a damn good quarterback, man. And he's not just making the reads and the throws he has to. He's been making some – dropping some dimes, man. He's putting a ball in places that he just wasn't doing in Miami. So uh, I'm going to say the Titans take this game. Let me look at the spread here. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, it's not that bad. Baltimore is favored by three and a half. So I'm going with the upset here. Baltimore's favored by three and a half. They're, Baltimore. They're, so yeah, Tennessee's Baltimore. home dogs? Yeah. The Titans are home dogs? Wow, that's surprising. Absolutely. Yeah, Baltimore favored by three and a half. I just – so I want to just look at the, the Ravens schedule here because everyone loves how well Baltimore's been playing as of late. But their last five weeks, they really have not played anyone good. And I just want to take a look at this quick and just see uh, who they played because they, it was not like they played – uh, <laughs> teams that were great. And, I will say they should have made this game the the eight p.m. game. This is a game I think yeah. that everyone wants. This you want to see Derrick Henry at, on on big stage. I don't want to see the Steelers and Browns, especially with what came down. I want this Titans Ravens matchup on that slot. It's going to be an awesome one o'clock game, and I'm really looking forward to watching it. Because I do think it is the best matchup of the entire weekend. But mm-hmm. okay, so I just want to say. Uh, they played – this is 2019. What the hell? I apologize. My stupid computer's sucking. You, you need a Rob Martinez on your team. <laughs> yeah, I do. But I can, I'm can. i a professional producer, Henry. I don't know if you know. But, uh, yeah, but you're hosting. You can't wear two hats. Huh? I can multitask. I can handle it. Yeah, that's what obviously not. Yeah, obviously not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, they played like the Bengals and the Giants and the Jets and – all these teams that weren't very good, and they, they handled their business, the Jags, and everyone's like, well, they look so good. I'm like, okay, well, they didn't exactly play anyone great. You know, they played a bunch of teams picking wait, in the top wait, ten. Wait, wait, so. wait, 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 wait. Did you not just say when we were talking about Pittsburgh, you play your schedule? They do, and absolutely. I agree. But I wish I realized this when I talked about the Ravens when they had that COVID situation. They lost that second game to the Steelers. They didn't realize they had such a cakewalk in the last month of the season because they really just played so many bad teams. Uh, and they had that Browns game. 
the Browns Monday night game is the game that they won that was against a good team. So last year I traveled. I traveled to Baltimore to watch the Niners and the Ravens game. That was amazing. Watching them live was special. Watching Lamar live was special. It rained. I had a hell of a weekend. I, I like the Baltimore team. They they're fun to watch. Lamar is fun to watch, but I'm going yeah. with the Titans. And yeah, I mean to Ricky Velasquez's point in the comment section, it's not about who they played, it's how they played. And that's true. I mean, you could have just struggled like the Steelers did. I mean, they took care of business. They dominated a lot of those games. And Lamar Jackson did look like MVP Lamar again. He hadn't yeah. looked like that to the first half of the season. He gets COVID. And then he comes back, he almost shits himself on Monday Night Football, and then all of a sudden he looks like the MVP again. So maybe he just needed to get those nerves out <laughs> in that game, and all of a sudden he's playing better. So so, so uh, here's the thing I'll say about Lamar. You have Josh Allen, you have Lamar Jackson, and you have Patrick Mahomes. You know, the three guys with the legs. And yeah. Mahomes, Mahomes is special. He's in a league of his own. Allen made those strides. I still think Lamar hasn't made strides with his passing game as much as you'd like him to. He has, he's the least developed passer of that group. Uh, no doubt about it, but he still is the most electric with his legs. I, I, just think, yeah, I think he's the most lethal with his legs. Yeah. He's more lethal than Pat Mahomes is. See, cause right. Mahomes uses his legs to create a passing opportunity. Lamar right. uses his legs to take the fuck off and gains 30, 40 yards. And it's a wrap. Well, Lamar averages over a hundred yards a game. almost. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had another thousand yard rushing season. So I don't think that's even. Yeah. Know, I didn't know. Yeah, Lamar. I mean, Lamar is special with his legs. I think he's like beyond Vic level special with his legs. I, I think after a while, Vic was contained with how much that he ran. They didn't want him to get hurt. I think Lamar is shiftier than Vic ever was, and just as fast. And I think that's very dangerous. Uh, I mean, Vic Vic was fast. I don't know if he was sh as shifty as Lamar. Lamar oh, has like legit moves. I don't know, man. Mike Vic. Lamar, I know. Vic, I know. The shiftiness, man. man. The shiftiness. Mike, Mike Vic is like. Allen Iverson, whatever Allen Iverson was to the NBA at that time, that's Mike Vick, man. I, I don't know if I could go I that understand. Far. I can't go I that understand. Far. I'm just saying. Mike Vick, had a, Mike Vick had a 99 rating in Madden. <laughs> and that's no, I'm I'll, I'll say Vick was a better passer. I don't think that's even a debate. Yeah, of uh, course. Uh, but, but, I mean, Mike this game. Is like, don't sleep on that, man. I don't know how much Mike Vick you got to see, man, but. Yeah, I, I got to see a lot. That was a bad man. Yeah. Okay. Not not anyway. post let the dogs out, Mike Vick. I'm talking about pre I that. I okay. know Falcons Vick. Falcons Vick. Yeah. Uh, but so the, what worries me about this game about the Titans is their defense has just got awful, and you've seen it each and every week that they just allow a ton of yards, ton of points. Uh, but to your credit, to your point, uh, Ryan Tannehill been everything that they could have asked for and more. I don't think anyone realized how good he could be when he was just stuck with Adam Gase in Miami. They signed Tannehill as just a backup for Marcus Mariota. Yep. And he's turned into a guy who's consistently a top 10 quarterback in the NFL that no one even talks about. It's crazy. Uh, they have designed they have a good enough offensive line to maintain an elite running attack with Derrick Henry. They have uh, great pass catchers. I love A.J. Brown. Uh, I love Corey Davis. Uh, they have playmakers. Yeah, A.J. Brown, it looks – like a combination of like Julio and like Terrell Owens body type wise. Like he's just a huge, I mean, he's, he's just incredible. He's wide shoulders. Uh, but I, the but Titans you, offense, put, you, you put you and me together. We got a damn good old lineman. I mean, you know, we can't feel the show though. We could be a good left tackle, you know, I could play center. Hey, I'm good. I can do it. <laughs> just don't put, don't, don't put Aaron Donald over there. Uh, <laughs> But uh, the Titans offense is going to have to win this game. And the thing is, both these teams are similar uh, 
with the rushing attacks, but I trust the Titans more where if they're down in a game, they can come back because their passing attack is better. The Ravens are a team like the Browns to me that if you're down, it's hard for me to think that you can come back because you rely so heavily on your rushing attack. So uh, the Ravens are hot, but the Titans are AFC, champ, AFC South champs. I don't really know who to choose. I think this is going to be such a close, high-scoring game. But uh, Tennessee's at home. Lamar Jackson has not proven that he can win a playoff game, and I don't know if he can even this year. So uh, I'm going to say Tennessee 38, Baltimore 30. What was your final score prediction? You go on high score, and I'm going to go 31-27, Tennessee. Are you writing me down? No, I don't mind writing these down. Uh, I don't write these down. I, 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 look, I got so many other things I'm doing. I'm, I'm hosting the show. I'm producing the show. Come on. We got to be able time. to sit on each other in private later. <laughs> hey, this is what I try to get Matt to do, but he's just like, I got uh, Josh Allen takes to spew off instead. So, uh, <laughs> Our friend Matt Bushnell is saving the world uh, one vaccine at a time. That's why I cannot trust him. Yep. Uh, all right, moving on. This game, our friend Matt Bushnell would be so heavily invested in, obviously. Oh, it's Chicago God. Bears backdooring into the playoffs after losing to the <laughs> Green Bay Packers. They they draw the number two seed, the New Orleans Saints, as the seventh uh, as the seventh seed. Uh, look, the Bears have been a weird team all year. They had a stretch of the season where they lost. I believe it was six straight. Uh, they find themselves eight and eight and making the playoffs. Mitch Trubisky. Uh, he had a decent run, but it's still not good enough, and I don't know if it gets any better here. Alvin Kamara, I will say, status for this game kind of up in the air, but I think because the game was scheduled on Sunday, he might clear all the COVID protocols in time yeah. to play. <clears throat> Even if the Saints don't have Alvin Kamara, uh, I like the Saints' defense a lot more than I like anything about the, the Bears. If this game was in Chicago, it's a different story to me. I think Chicago might have a legitimate chance because I think the Saints in general are soft because they play in a dome. But this game's in New Orleans. I don't know if the Bears have much of a chance. So this is probably the worst matchup of the weekend. This is like yeah. worse than LA Seattle. Um, I'm just I don't like the Bears. I, I like their defense. I, that's all I like. I'm not sold on Trubisky. With that said, I could see some funky shit going on. The the Saints are weird, man. The Saints are a weird team. They win games that they shouldn't get win. They lose games that they shouldn't. They they're weird on the road. They're really good at home. They play close. Um, I. I I'm going. I'll say the Saints are going to win, but it would not shock me if the Bears pulled off an upset here. Yeah, look, I mean, Drew Brees came back from breaking 11 ribs. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't looked great since coming back. I think this is the last call for Drew Brees. I think he's going to retire after the season. Uh, and there's this thing about the Saints. They have this stake around them because look at their playoff results in the last mm -hmm. three years. Uh, at Minnesota, the Minneapolis Miracle, one of the greatest plays and endings of a football game you'll ever see. Stephon Diggs takes a 60-yarder to the house as time expires. Saints should have never lost that game. Fast forward a year, uh, the Rams game, the, the P.I. that wasn't called. You can make the case that cost them the game. But, hey, the Saints still had a chance to win that game after the fact they didn't yeah. get the job done. You can do that with yeah. every franchise, though. You can pick a yeah. spot where could have, should have, would have, you know. Right. Last year, they lose on the last in overtime to the Vikings again, <laughs> and uh, Kyle Rudolph. So they've had brutal well, playoff losses in the last, last three years. Last year, I'll take credit for that. That game against the Niners, which was probably the game of the year, <clears throat> I, they weren't the same after that game. Yeah. And I remember so, that game. We were traveling, and my son and I, we were like, and we were in an airport, and we're like going from terminal to terminal, watching different TVs, watching that game happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 
I could see Chicago upsetting. I don't think it'll happen. I definitely don't think they're covered. They're fav- uh, the Saints are favored by 10 in this game. 10? That's a big number. I, I don't That's know if I trust 10. Number. They are favored by Look, 10. I don't see that happening. Breeze is not the same guy anymore. Uh, he's hit that wall that Peyton Manning hit back in 2015. Uh, he's just physically not the same guy at all anymore. Michael Thomas not there. Kamara doesn't play. play. Bears have such a better chance in this game. But the Saints defense, I think, is so underrated. To, to your but, point, this is where Breeze's, Breeze being undersized kind of catches up with him with age, you know? Yeah. I, and I think you're right. He's a little brittle. The Niners broke his uh, – Broke his body last time they played. He's coming back from that. He's still a little hurt. But, yeah, that, that 10 number, that's just that's too big of a number for me, man. Yeah, and before I give the official prediction here, <clears throat> Nickelodeon uh, gets to broadcast a game. Yes, the, yeah, the children's show. Nickelodeon gets to broadcast a game, and this is the game because uh, they probably just got the game that people thought was the least interesting. <laughs> but this isn't only on Nickelodeon. But if you want, you can put it on Nickelodeon. And I, I, I'm going to check it out because I want to see, you know, Mitch Trubisky. You know, here get, he gets sacked and now he gets slimed or something dumb. But, like, I want to see what they do with it. Little Rats in the halftime show, you know. <laughs> I think it's pretty – I think it's like SpongeBob has a heavy presence uh, presence in this. So maybe it should have been – Maybe it should have been Rams Seahawks because Jared Goff I, is the SpongeBob of the NFL. I wonder if they'll have like SpongeBob first down graphics, you know, just fucking. Yeah, maybe SpongeBob will perform sweet. You got to You have to do something if you're broadcasting this on Nickelodeon. You have to do something Nickelodeon themed. I don't care what it is. You have to. It's gonna be, uh, and it's gonna be. I don't know if it's going to be awesome. It's going to be weird, but I'm going to check it out. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, 10 a big number for me, uh, but I think the Saints defense is good enough, and they've been pretty consistent all year. So regardless of how bad I think Drew Brees is now, I think they win this game. And the heartbreak will be next week for the Saints, not this week. Uh, so the Bears, all right, back door into the, the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, Saints going to win this game. Not gonna, they're not going to cover, though. 10 a big number. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Bears are good enough there. Yeah, I'm thinking about the score in my head here. I'm going to go Saints 27, Bears uh, 21. I'm going to go 21-17, Saints. Okay. Yeah, I definitely right, think that 10 number is too big for me. Yeah, way too big for me. Big spot for Mitch Trubisky here. Uh, they obviously should have won that playoff game a couple years ago with the double doink, but uh, you know they ended up not pulling that out. So uh, I see a couple next parlays going on in my head here. Okay, uh, we'll have to talk about that too after this last uh, preview here. Which what, do is the, the over, what do you think the over under is on that game? Uh, if it's ten, uh, is it fifty two? Forty seven. Okay. Interesting. That's kind of low. That's very for, low. The, ti- the for, Titans. For adult. Uh, Titans Ravens is fifty five. <laughs> <laughs> that one bet the over on that one. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and the game they saved for last on the weekend is the Cleveland Browns traveling to play the NFC North champ- uh, champion Pittsburgh Steelers in the third uh, installment of this game uh, matchup of the year. Look, the Browns beat the Steelers last week to make the playoffs. Mason Rudolph played. T.J. Watt did not play. Big Ben didn't play. Take that for what you will. This game is rough because Kevin Stefanski tested positive for COVID-19. Two other coaches tested positive for COVID-19. They're not even going to be able to practice until Thursday or Friday. 
I don't know how the NFL handles this. I don't know if it's exactly fair to the Browns to throw them out there and play this game. I don't know if the NFL will do anything other than maybe push it back a day or two because this is the playoffs now. If you you postpone one game, you might have to postpone all of them, and I don't see that yeah. being the, in the case. Uh, so I do think this game gets played, whether it's Sunday night at 8.15, like it's currently scheduled, I don't know. Um, but nonetheless, this game will be played eventually. Uh, and it sucks for the Browns because Kevin Stefanski means so much to this team and uh, organization, obviously, um, that – not having him is going to be a huge difference, and it makes me just think the Browns are going to lose to the Steelers here, and I don't even know who would be filling in for the Browns at that point. So, uh, you know, this game gets played Sunday night. I can't help but to think the Steelers are just going to run away with it. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree with you. I want the Browns to win here. I want the idea of the Browns finally getting over that hump. I don't know if he's still watching, but Corey Richmond's a good friend of mine, and he is the only Browns fan that I know. And when I say Browns, we used to give him shit when – they left Baltimore. We were like, dude, you get a free pass. He did not root for Baltimore. He just stood by Cleveland, got another team, and he's rooting for them. I want him to get a win. With that said, Kevin Stefanski. And there's another big loss here. Joe Betono, Betonio, their dev guard, he got COVID yeah. too. He's out for this game. So you have your play corner. You have your Pro Bowl guard out. I think this is a recipe for you know uh, for Pittsburgh to get off the snide, and I think they upset here. Yeah, so Corey Richmond, your buddy in the comment section, says Alex Van Pelt will run the offense. Um, okay, If I'm not uh, mistaken, he only ran the offense one time this season. <clears throat> and the, the spread on this game, here, here, here's the crazy part. Pittsburgh's favored by six. Six, huh? Okay. Yeah. And I don't like – so the way we talked about Buffalo being hot going into the playoffs, the Steelers are limping into the playoffs – and I just yep. think this is the perfect brewing of, of things going on that get them over that that hide, and, and I think Steelers pull it out. Yeah, uh, Olivier Vernon also done for the year, so that that hurts the Browns' yeah. defense because uh, okay. a lot more focus can go on Miles Garrett. <laughs> you can pretty much keep the tight end on that yeah. side and ship him and, and focus on him. So the Browns, I, I could not feel worse for the Browns because I, I really liked their chances here because the Steelers, as you said, just limped into the postseason. <clears throat> Excuse me, Big Ben looked like garbage. Uh, the offense looks bad. They can't run the football. Their defense played well. Uh, it was played well most of the season. Uh, but what I like about the Steelers is that they got a week of rest in for a lot of their important guys. TJ Watt got a week of rest in. Big Ben kind of got a bye week last week. Uh, a lot of guys got to just chill for a week, and I think that's what they needed. I think a guy like Big Ben definitely needed that because he's obviously hurting, obviously showing his age towards the end of the season here. Um, so I think Pittsburgh wins, and it sucks for the Browns because in, if Stefanski was there, I would have been really tempted to pick Cleveland. Uh, I want I want Cleveland to win, but I just I, I can't yeah. see it happening. I just And it's unfortunate because this team was fun to watch, man. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of Baker jokes. There was a lot of memes, but he, they were fun to watch, man. He was, he, you see him coming into his own. This yeah. offense was clicking ironically once Odell went down. They run the ball well. They throw the ball well. They do everything well, you know. And you want to see the better teams advance. And I don't think Pittsburgh's the better team, but unfortunately, I think they will win. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, they all. I mean, totally a successful season for the Browns, and they're going to come back probably even better next year uh, with Vernon and with with Odell. Another year with Baker and Stefanski. And, uh, looking forward. to The Browns might be, you know, uh, winning the division next year. Who knows? It could be them or, or the Ravens. And uh, I'll ask you before we make predictions. I mean, 
I don't love the way Big Ben looked a lot this year. Uh, could this? I mean, I think it's the end for Drew Brees. Do you think it could be the end for Ben Roethlisberger? Um, I think he's got one more year left in him. You know, he's like he's like Mario, Super Mario brother. You know, you give him the mushroom and he kind of grows. Just <laughs> put like a 22, 23 year old girl in the bathroom for Big Ben, and you'll see. You know, he'll 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 do his thing and he'll grow. Yeah. Uh, all right. One more, I think Ben has one more season in him. I just won't be surprised. I want to say this because this is the last show before the weekend uh, for football anyway. Uh, this could be the last weekend we see Phillip Rivers, Big Ben, Andrew Brees all as quarterbacks in the NFL. So if that's the case, which I'm not saying it will be, but it could be. You think Rivers is done? Wouldn't shock me, man. Would not shock me. I think he's got a little, little left in the tank. That's a good team, man. Yeah, but I, I think they might be ready to try to find a little bit of an improvement at the quarterback position. I mean, if he leaves, are we still going to hear the Andrew Luck rumors? I mean, we, we, we've been hearing him for a few years now. Luck's done, man. He, he retired. He's out. <laughs> what is he? He's 32 now? Is he that old? I thought he was like 30. I don't know. Uh, but I, I would be shocked if this was the last weekend we watched all three of those guys. Uh, but I, I think the Steelers win this game, and I think it'll be ugly because uh, I don't think the Steelers have been – all that pretty all year long. So I'll say Steelers 26, uh, Brown 17. It's going to be an ugly game. Give me uh, 23 24. They went on the last second field goal. All right. That would be a great end to the weekend. Uh, look, wild card weekend is one of the best weekends of football of the entire year. It's always uh, super entertaining. Teams laying it all on the line, really. I mean, this is. I love wild card weekend. I mean, next week it's great too. This is the first time we have an extra wild card team. We got three games on both days. Really looking forward to that. So, uh, I personally am very excited to watch football. Obviously, um, so Henry, this has been a lot of fun. I mean, we're wrapping up the show here. Uh, you got to do this before, again, brother. Yeah. Um, before we go, why don't you tell us about Donk City and some of the other shows we got under our life group umbrella that you have truly orchestrated from the very beginning. Nice. Well, tomorrow we have the step back, and those guys will be talking about the NBA, which coming out the gate, man, Knicks fan, Knicks, Knicks give me hope as a fan. They're looking good right now. <laughs> doing his thing. Uh, Brooklyn's looking unstoppable. LA's looking unstoppable. I, I like it. NBA's fun. We got a little early start, so we've got that. We have the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast on Thursday. Um, those guys do a really good job over there. Donk City is off until the 19th, I believe, whatever the second Monday is. It's Martin Luther King Day, the 18th. So yeah. we're back on the 18th. We're going to have fun. I'm sure we won't have any free agent signings or anything of importance to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be back on anyway. So, And I know you guys are doing uh, Friday noon. Nope, we have just just Tuesdays okay. now because there's less going on. So we're gonna, with the playoffs and everything, we're gonna stick to Tuesdays at seven our t- our normal time slot. So uh, yeah. we'll be back again next Monday the or next Tuesday the twelfth, and then I'm sure we'll do another Super Bowl special like we did last year. We did a whole oh, two yeah. hour thing with a bunch of us. That was a ton of fun. So it was. It's more fun when. Your team is in it. I don't think I'll have oh. props this year. I had my chain. I had, you know. <laughs> hey, you and Gene are basically Bills fans anyway. So if the Bills somehow make it, you guys are going to be coming <laughs> yeah, on and shit yeah. on Matt Bushnell. It, it, it makes sense. It's the only New York team, right? Well, yeah. Hey, uh, technically, the, I mean, you don't even consider that New York. So, I mean, how are they the only New York team? There's still more New York than New Jersey. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. You want to drain the swamp, start at Jersey. Yeah, I, I mean, they are literally in the swamp, so. 
Right. <laughs> MetLife is literally in the swamp. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, this has been a ton of fun, Henry. I can't believe we haven't done just a show with the two of us absolutely. at this point. I mean, this we got to get been... Matt more often. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Matt, you know, take some time off and join the kids and the family and everything. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> but, hey, I mean, we got to do this again. I mean, I'll come on Donk City before the season to talk some Yanks. I'm sure everyone loves how much we talk about the Yanks. Uh, and, yeah, thanks for so much for filling in. We, I really appreciate it. Thank this you, but I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, this is, I mean, you did a great job, obviously. Uh, you, you're the man. And you got the, the setup behind you. You got the best background of any podcast hosts that we have here, and I think that's debatable. I think muted yourself, so I couldn't hear you there. Uh, but <laughs> all right, well, this is it for football. That's the Audible. I'm your host, Randy Hammond. Thanks for letting my cold this week. Henry, thanks again for filling in for Matt Bushnell. It has been a pleasure. Thanks for you guys for joining us on Facebook Live, on YouTube, uh, any of the audio platforms, Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, whatever you're joining us on, however 